Well, we are in for the treats because we're in the Bible, amen. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 this morning, fellas. You are all excited to hear about how our wives are supposed to submit to your to the husbands. And if you're smart, guys, you be quiet. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, it, the, the world's idea of submission versus what what God is calling for us to do is two different things. And we need to make sure that, that we have this voluntary submission um, wives, not because you're not good enough or not because men are better, but because of the whole order of God. God is in control. If you take your Bibles and turn to verse chapter 5 again. We're going to read back in verse, verse starting verse 20, 22 again, read down through 29. And, uh, but th- this afternoon, we're not looking at the wives, uh, we're looking at the husbands. And I can, I can promise you it's a whole lot harder on husbands than it is on wives. Verse 22 says this, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for uh, these truths, Lord, uh, this this mystery that uh, that that is revealed in 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 Christ in the church. And I, I'm thankful, Father, for all that. Christ is to the church, what he has done in saving us and, and, and delivering us and protecting us, and Lord, what he does now, even in cleansing and preparing us for the day that, that we get to heaven. God, I pray that you'd give us understanding of your word. God, I pray that uh, you, you'd help us as husbands and men uh, to see the, uh, the necessity of, of the, the obedience to these truths as well for, for the husbands. Lord, and just how important it is that we be uh, that, that symbol, Lord, that, that picture uh, that God has ordained us to be, Lord, that we be as much like Jesus Christ as possible. We ask for your help this, evening, this afternoon, and Lord, may you just have your way in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Again, there in verse 22, it, it starts out with wives submitting to your husbands, and and. That's not submission out of fear. We covered that in First Peter chapter three. It says not out of fear or with amazement, and that word amazement literally means terror. Uh, our wives should not submit to their husbands out of fear. Um, instead, they should submit to them because of the order that God has placed them in. Uh, it's a position of 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 uh, I, I say authority. But with authority comes responsibility. Uh, any leader of, of any group um, needs to learn to lead by example. 
Uh, if, if, you, if you go to different companies, if you go to different, and especially see this in the military, different, different men lead with different styles. Some men do lead by terror. Uh, they, uh, Nero was one who led, his, led the people of Rome uh, by terrorizing them. Uh, they, they, did what, they, they did what he said to do, not because they loved him, not because they trusted him, but because they were afraid he would kill them. Uh, in fact, he tried to kill, have the Christians killed. Uh, he, uh, he, he blamed them for the burning of Rome. And, and we, all, we all know this. The story is that he played his fiddle. He said, I don't know who started the fire. I don't know what happened, but I do know that the blame was put on the Christians. And the Christians, became, were, the Christians at that time were, were persecuted. And many, many lost their lives. Listen, people, people obeyed out of terror. The same thing happens in North Korea today. Uh, people obey there because of terror. People, the people are executed in, in North Korea under that dictator uh, uh, in, in many other countries for the same, the same reason, because people are afraid. That's not a good leader. A good leader is not one who leads because people are afraid of him. They, he's a good leader because people respect him. Uh, the best type of leader you can have is one who leads by example. Jesus was one who led by example. Uh, he, he led the disciples by example. Uh, if you remember, it was Jesus that washed their feet. Uh, he didn't demand that his feet be washed. He washed their feet and told them he expected them to do the same. We'll come back to that later. But understand, if Jesus Christ is, if Jesus Christ is the head of the, the church and we are to be the head of the household as Christ is the head of the church, then men, we need to become leaders like Jesus was a leader. Uh, we lead our homes by example. We, we lead our homes as Christ would lead our homes. We, 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 we protect our homes. We pray for our homes. There's a whole uh, different, uh, different way to look at it than the, what the world looks at it today. Uh, in fact, uh, most today, the picture is for many, many homes today, uh, the vast majority of homes, uh, the father isn't even in the picture. Uh, there, there are a large portion of, of, of children that grow up without their fathers. Uh, there, there are the single, single, uh, single parent homes all over the place. Uh, today, they, they claim that the marriage is just a, a piece of paper. And we know that's not true. Marriage is more than a piece of paper. Now, as far as the government is concerned, they, they license marriages, right? You have to go get a license to get married. Do you know why they do that? They like to control it. Do you know why, do you know why it started? I used, to, I used to think it was all about money, which that's part of it. But you know why they started it? To keep black, blacks and whites from marry, intermarrying. That's why it started. Why do they continue it? Because they can make money off of it. It's, it's a way for them to make money. But, but listen, when you, when you got married, if you were a child of God, you, it wasn't that you were just getting a, a piece of paper signed. You were standing with your spouse before God in marriage. It's something that we cover, that I cover in uh, premarital counseling, that, that this covenant, this marriage covenant that you make isn't just a contract. Because uh, contracts can be broken. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's a vow that's made between you, uh, your spouse, and God. Uh, you're, you're promising to each other uh, that, you're going to, that you're going to do these things, love, honor, cherish, uh, obey, submit. Uh, you're you're promising, uh, promising to do those things to each other, but in the eyes of God, realizing that God is an important part of your relationship. And if God isn't the center of your relationship, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, if, if we don't allow Christ and uh, in, in our, our spiritual walk to be uh, central to our, our, our marriage relationships, we're, we are going to have troubles. 
Uh, outside of the church, the, they, used to, they used to say that you know the, the divorce was about 50%. It's gone up, it's gone down, back and forth. Uh, the divorce rates are down now. Do you know why? Because so are marriage rates. It's not, that, it's not that people aren't separating. It's not that families aren't being broken. People just aren't getting married anymore. Because they don't see a value in it. It's easier to not make that commitment. As children of God, we need to be committed to one another. We covered that this morning. We need to be committed that we do, uh, we need to be, have committed partners, that we're committed to one another and committed to doing what God has called us to do. If we're going to be spirit-filled spouses or wives, a spirit-filled wife is one who's going to be in submission to her husband. Why? Because, well, in verse 18 it says, that, uh, to be filled with the Spirit. And then it goes on to say, what do you do when you fill the Spirit? Verse, verse 21 tells us, verse 22 tells us, verse 21 says we submit towards one another. We fill the Spirit. Verse 22 says wives submit themselves to the husbands. Now, that was all about the wives this morning. Today is all about the husbands. Verse 23 goes on, says, for the husband is the head of the wife. And every man said, very smart. <laughs> it's okay to say amen, uh, as long as you understand what it's talking about. Uh, uh, the, the, the men are to be the head of the home. Just, it's, 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 again, it's God-ordained. But the first thing I want you to see here this, this, uh, this afternoon is that uh, while the, the wife is to be a, a surrendered helpmeet, the husband is to be a saving husband. The husband is the head of the wife. The, the, the Lord, the master, has many different meanings, but it's talking about the, the headship of the home who's, who is in that position of leadership, um, even as Christ is the head of the church. Our headship, uh, our leadership in our home uh, should be a resemblance, a, a picture, uh, a, a symbol of the headship of Christ and the church. That is why the wife is to submit to the husband. Not because he's smarter than she is, because of the order that God ordained. But with that, men, that means us, that we need to be the same kind of leader that God, that Jesus Christ was. In fact, it says that in there, that verse, For the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. That word Savior, you know what it means? It means Redeemer. Deliverer, protector. Uh, there's a reason why uh, why God made men masculine. It's okay to for men and women to be different. I'm I'm so thankful that I'm not the same as my wife, and that she is not the same as me. Uh, girls, you're different than boys. Uh, ask any young person that, uh, uh, that without the influence of, of of school today and and this new these new theories out there. And they'll tell you that the, we're not all exactly the same, but there are, there are differences between men and women. Always have been, always will. There's scientific evidence to prove that. Even in the, the way the brains work, the way God, the way God has, has formed us. It's not that, that, that some people are certain ways because they're nurtured uh, in, in, into that. It, God created us to be different. Why? Because we fulfill different roles. 
God made men, men to be protectors of the home. God made men to be leaders in the home. And God made women as well to, 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 to yes, to, to be subject in the home, but, 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 but they're leaders in their own right. They're more nurturing. They're, uh, women are more, are, are, more, are more loving and caring. I look at my kids and I tell them, I rub some dirt in it, you're going to be okay. Just like, how can you say that? Oh, he, 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 got, he stubbed his toe. It's not quite that bad. But uh, there's a difference. Like Jess, Jess will hurt herself and, and say she's passing out and will tell her ropes and dirt in it and get up and stop complaining. Uh, uh, because men and women are different. And that's not just me. All men are different from women. The husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the body. Uh, we are to be saving husbands. And here's the scriptural exhortation that, we, that we've been given. Therefore, meaning because of this, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be their own husbands and everything. Verse 25, and then for the husbands, this is your scriptural exhortation. Love your wife. That's easy. Yeah, I, I, that, I, that was great. I loved my wife before I even got married. I love her even more now. When we, look at the, when we look at it the way the world looks at it, that would be easy. But love in the Bible is not the same as this little fluttery feeling we get in our, our bellies every time we, we see our, our spouses, that, that, that our heart skipping a beat. That's attraction, and it can be lust. It can be a number of different things, but love is more than that. In fact, the perfect, the perfect example of love is, is what we see here in the next verse. It says, not the next verse, the next part of the verse. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. That makes it a whole lot harder. The word love here is, is agapeo. Um, anytime you see where God, for God so loved the world, that's the word agapeo is talking about a, an intimate, a uh, love, uh, the one that draws you closer to one another. Uh, but it's not a feeling. Because feelings come and go. Are they, do they not? Have you ever heard of the phrase, I fell out of love? No, you fell out of the feeling. The feeling wore off. But love is more than that. Does God fall out of love for us? No. Does God's, are there any strings attached to God's love? Will there ever, can I, is there anything that I can do to make God stop loving me? No. Love's different. It, it, the, the love that the Bible talks about is, it, is, is, a, is, a, is, a, is a choice that's made, that regardless of the circumstances, and we, and we, listen, we made those vows when we got married, did we not? Richer for poorer, sickness and health. Good times and bad, right? Uh, we, we make those vows that no matter what happens, I'm going to love you. But love is not just our words or even a feeling. It's our actions. We're, we're told not to love in word, but by deed and truth. And if I want to love my wife, by I can tell my wife I love her all I want, but if I don't treat her like I love her, there's no real love there. The Savior's example is that we're to love like Christ loved us. 
And there are a few things I wanted to point out here this, this afternoon. Uh, this is the majority of the message. But first of all, Christ's love is a sacrificial love. Notice what it says there. It says, and gave himself for it, verse 25. How did Christ give himself for the church? <laughs> you go back to Philippians, it talks about how he left everything. He left the glory of heaven to come to this earth. Well, it says that that he that he uh, that uh, he left us so much that uh, that he that he gave his life uh, for for us. And uh, not didn't matter that we were sinners. Didn't matter that we didn't deserve his love. He loved us anyway. He uh, but God commanded his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Uh, uh, Philippians tells us that, that he left that he thought it not robbery to equal with God uh, but, but that he came to this earth he humbled himself, uh, became a servant uh, became, uh, like a man that became a servant and, and then humbled himself even uh, to death uh, the death of the, the cross all that Christ went through on this earth he did because he loved us he sacrificed the glory he sacrificed uh, the the, 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 the the, the wonders of heaven. In fact, in John 17, he says, return unto me the glory that I once had when he was praying to the Father. He, he, said, there, he said, there was a time when he, was, when he was there in heaven, all the angels worshipped him in, in his majesty, in his glory, in his, in his holiness, and, and he was there at creation. He was, he was amazing. Awe-inspiring. The, the Bible says that the, the, the cherubim in Isaiah 6, they, that they covered their eyes because they couldn't look upon it. They covered their, their, their lips. They covered their feet. Why? Because they were worshiping God. Guess what? That we're talking about Jesus Christ. And he left all of that to come to this earth to be born as a, as a little child. And, and not to be born in a high and placed in a palace and to be worshipped as king, but to, but to, to, to be... A carpenter's son. To be rejected of men. To be, to be uh, mocked and ridiculed. And, and even by his own brothers and sisters as he began his uh, ministry. His own family made fun of him. And, and he went out and uh, he was rejected by those that he went to. His own people. He did all of that. They, they, they beat him. They struck him. They, they, they arrested him. His, one of his own twelve, the, the closest to him, turned his back on him. He did all of that because he loved us. Husbands, that's how you're to love your wife. By giving yourself for her. Well, I love my wife because by working and by, by providing. Listen, Christ provides for his church, and we'll get into that. But before you can provide, listen, your love needs to be shown in, in the, the time spent with your, with your spouse. It is hard when you have kids to be able to spend a lot of time with your spouse. But can I, I, alone time. Uh, when it's just the two of you, away from everybody else. Uh, uh, but, and, and listen, as, uh, God has called us to give ourselves. Meaning, meaning I may go and I may work hard and I may, I may do all kinds of difficult things and just wear myself out. Uh, but when I come home, guess what? I don't the thing to do is not to go sit and turn on the TV and just ignore your family. I just need some alone time. What do you think your wife needs? 
<laughs> my wife's stuck home with four kids and uh, screaming and running around and yelling and tiling on each other and doing, all the, doing things to kids do. My kids aren't any worse than anybody else's kids. They're just kids. But, but you know how kids act. Listen, my job, my, I shouldn't go home and just say, I need some time by myself. Now, there was a time when I, I, I thank God for my wife, by the way, uh, for uh, how, she, how she's, she has given me some time when I needed some time. Uh, my previous jobs, uh, but uh, honestly, the, the the best thing for me was to be able to come home and just take the kids. I enjoyed it. She enjoyed the free time. Uh, the kids, the kids, uh, it used to be, I'd walk in the house and the kids were like, Daddy! And they'd all come running to me and hug on me and that was awesome. Now I walk in the door and they're like, eh. <laughs> if I get that much. <laughs> I'm like, is Elijah here? Oh, he's in his bedroom. Oh, okay. Hey, lives. As husbands, we are to provide for our families. The Bible tells us we're supposed to do that. But if you provide the financial needs, for the financial and physical needs of your family, but if you don't provide time for your spouses, you, you are doing them a disservice. Because more than they need your finances, they need you. They need you. God's love is a sacrificial love. Christ's love was a sacrificial love. He gave himself. His hopes, his dreams, his plans, and I say his hopes and dreams, his plan was always to come. But he deserved just to stay in heaven and be worshipped. He desired fellowship. He loved us. It's a sacrificial love. Not only is it sacrificial love, uh, he, he wasn't just willing to... Hey, by the way, that means that uh, for, for husbands, it means that sometimes we put aside our own things that we want to do, and we put our families and our, 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 our wives first. Before you put your family first, you put your wife first. Right? God comes first. Your spouse comes second. So sometimes we put those things that we want, those things that we desire, and we set them aside for our spouse. It shows shows the love of God, the sacrificial love of Christ. Give them of our time, our energy. Jesus' love not only was a sacrificial, but it was a sanctifying love. You see... Verse 26. It's verse 25. says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why? That he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Sanctifying means set apart. He set, us up, uh, he set the church apart from the world. He set the church apart. Uh, he chose us and set us apart uh, for, for his use. Uh, I am thankful that my wife is my wife. She's not your wife. She's not everybody else's wife. She is my wife. And, in, and there are two meanings of the word sanctify. One is to set apart. The other is to cleanse. It says that he cleanses the church with the washing of the water by the word. Now, Christ is the one that washes us. 
Christ is the one that sanctifies us. But can I say this? A husband's love for his wife should, should always lead to her betterment. Should always lead to her betterment. There are some things we're to lead, husbands, we're to lead by example. But we're also to be the priesthood in the home. Christ is our priest. He, he's our intercessor. He's the one who goes before the Father. He's the one who made that sacrifice. Husbands are to be the spiritual leaders in their home. The things that you learn, you should be able to share and teach and ex explain to your family. Now, that doesn't mean then that they can't read the word themselves. They absolutely can read the word themselves. But you as a husband are, are, are called to be the spiritual leader. It means you follow up. You first lead by example by reading and studying and, and, and knowing the word yourself. And then you take that and you teach it, you, you share that with your family. You check up on them and make sure they're reading their, the, the word themselves. You pray with them. You, uh, those are the things that we're to do. It's a sanctifying love. It leads to their betterment, not physical, not just physical, but spiritual betterment. We also see that it's a sustaining love. It's a, a sacrificial love, a satisfying love, and a sustaining love. It goes on to say, so what men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth, cherisheth it. Here, uh, not, here it's talking about the husband loving his own body. It's not talking about us looking at ourselves in the mirror and thinking, aha, I'm a handsome fella. It's talking about taking care of your wife like you would take care of yourself. When, when, when you are going somewhere and you want, you, you want to look your best most of the time, uh, you're going somewhere important. Uh, you're going to dress well. You're going to uh, maybe get a haircut before something. You're doing those things that you need to do to, to, to make yourself uh, better. You're, you feed yourself the, the, the whatever it is that you, that you need, right? You're taking care of yourself. The Bible says the husbands are to do the same thing for the wife. They're to nourish up. They're, they're, they're to take care of their wife. Uh, the, the word cherish, uh, it, it's the, it's about fostering them and nourishing them up, caring for them. We're to do those things for our spouses that help them. My wife uh, is, everybody has their own love language, uh, you wanna, however you want to say it. Some people's love language is, is uh, um, physical touch. Other times it's word of affirmation coming along and trying to be an encouragement. Uh, that's one of Jess's love languages. If I can talk to her, tell her about how, how proud I am of her and yes, genuine, not, not, not fake. Uh, but, but, but genuine comments of, of how proud I am of her and how, I'm, how, how those things feed into her soul and they strengthen her. Every, every, every person responds to different things in different ways. So the, the key is to find the thing that strengthens your wife uh, as the husband and cherish her, nourish her, foster her in, in her, uh, those, those things that strengthen her. Because what happens in most marriages today, Christian and non-Christian, is the husband's all about himself, and the wife is all about themselves. And not that they don't love one another, but they're not really uh, 
being those the help me that God created them to be. Uh, they, uh, they, they're both doing their own things, uh, especially when kids get involved. It gets really it gets difficult because kids take up time and energy. And I love you all, all you kids, but you take up a lot of time, and that's okay. You're supposed to. But as a husband, I'm also supposed to give time to my wife and foster in her what she needs to help her. But it's really easy to let those things fall apart. And then when the kids get older and they move away, guess what? You're sitting there with a stranger that you don't know nothing about. She's a stranger, isn't she, Marge? You see? All the kids moved away. <laughs> you know how old I'm going to be before my house is empty? <laughs> I'm going to be like 60 years old before Zeke is 18. I'm going to... You brought that on yourself, brother. <laughs> and having brought that on yourself, you need to foster in your wife those things that help her, strengthen her. And build her up. God's love is a sustaining love. It helps to sustain us. It helps to sustain the church, right? He gives us what we need. He stirs us up and revives us when we need it. It's, he feeds us through his word. He cleanses us. He makes us holy. The husband's job for his wife is not to make her holy but to foster in her a desire to be holy, uh, to, to lead her by being holy himself. We, can't, we, we cannot make our, our spouses do anything. This is, this, this is, this is the, the problem with the, what most people, the way most people read these verses, that, that she is to submit to me, and I want to tell my wife what to do, and if I tell her to do something, she better do it, because that's not submissive. That's not leadership. That's called dictatorship. And whether it's your children or your spouse, should never be. Do Christ, does Christ, is Christ's leadership of the church or headship of the church, does he do it as a dictator? No. He does it out of love. And does he, does he expect obedience? Yes, he does. But why? Because we're supposed to love him. So in, in what he does in us is he fosters that, that, that love for us, for him, so that we obey. It's a sacrificial love. It's a sanctifying love. It's a sustaining love. And it's a, it's a servant's love. He leads us by being our example. When I read the story of Christ washing the feet of the disciples, it, it amazes me every time. Because there were times when they were, they were, they were falling at his feet and worshiping, worshiping him, and, and very much deservedly so. When, when, uh, the, when, when uh, he made the winds and the waves stop, they had every reason uh, to, to fall down and worship his feet. Uh, worship at his feet, and uh, when when uh, when, uh, when uh, Thomas saw his hands inside, he had every reason to fall down and say, "My Lord and my God." 
what boggles my mind is that just days prior to that, uh, Thomas was one of the ones sitting there while Jesus knelt down and washed his feet. And he said, as I have done unto you, so you do, do ye. Uh, listen, uh, he, he, he loved us and let us, let us in the example of servanthood as the church. Husbands, don't demand that your wives serve you. Now, there is nothing wrong with a spouse with, if a wife wants to do something for her husband. Praise God for a wife, that, a wife that does that. But there should never be a demanding of it. You want to see that in your wife? Be the example of it. Serve your wife. What this world thinks of as, as love and, and what they picture as, as, as good, strong marital relationship is a joke compared to what the Word of God teaches us to do and to be. We need to be very careful that we understand that God saved us, that, that, that God did this um, because he loved us. Uh, he, uh, all this, this picture of, of, of Christ and, uh, or of marriage, uh, again, there, there are commandments here. There's scriptural exhortations of how we're to be, but it's a, a picture of Christ in the church, and we're going to take more, a better look at that next week. So I'll end with this. Three quick things. And they are quick, I promise. No, no, no. I really, I, I do promise. Husbands, the headship of the home means you're the leader. Lead by example. Lead by example. You're the spiritual leader in your home. Be the spiritual leader in your home. Spend time in the Word. Study the Word. Read the Word. You can't expect your family to do the, your your wife to do something that you're not doing yourself. You can't expect I can't expect my children to grow up reading the Bible if they don't see me and my wife reading the Bible. Be the spiritual leader in your home by being the example Christ would have you to be. That's what Christ was. He didn't t- he didn't go around to the disciples saying, you know what, you need to learn how to pray. He prayed and they said, hey, will you teach us how to do that? Lead by example. Lead with entreaty. I'm trying to make all the all the letters start with the letter E. Prayer. The Bible says that listen, Jesus' work on the uh, Jesus' work on the cross was finished when he rose from, when he died and rose from the grave. But his work is not done. Hebrews chapter seven verse twenty five tells us that he ever liveth to make intercession for us. He prays for us continually. The Bible tells us in First uh, Timothy, there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man, Christ Jesus. Listen, we can pray. You know how we're able to pray? Through Christ. And you know that Christ prays for you? So, pray for your family. Pray for your spouse. Pray for your children. Pray with your family. They need to know that you pray, but it helps that the, it helps that they not only know that, but that you lead them in it. And then the last one was I already mentioned it: lead with episcopacy. Be the priest in your home. 
one of the things that most people forget about is with this with the position of headship comes the responsibility. You go back in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter six. We talk about the, the, the wife. You don't have to turn there. Uh, uh, but the, the wife, uh, we, we many times talk about this, it's the wife's job to teach children. Not according to the word of God. It's the, fa- it's the father's job to teach the children. And when you're sitting down, while you're standing up, when you're walking along, all day long, every opportunity that you get, you're, to, you're teaching your children what? The things of God. Be the priest in your home. Christ was is, Christ is our priest. He made an offering once and for all for us, and I thank God for that. Listen, you be the priest. Set up a time. I'm not saying you have to, to set up an altar where you make sacrifices. The family altar, I guess you could call it. A time where you sit and pray and study together. If you don't have kids, that's okay. Start with your wife. In fact, when I do premarital counseling, I counsel them to start praying together beforehand. Because if they're not willing to do it beforehand, they're probably not going to be willing to do it in the marriage. And love your wives. Again, the holy reason behind it all. The holy motivation behind it all. is the beautiful, amazing work and relationship between Christ and the church is pictured in our marriages. Think about that. Just for, just, just for a minute, think about, what, about that. Does your marriage reflect, husbands or wives, does your marriage reflect Christ's relationship with the church? That's what we're being called to. Your, your relationship with your wife, your wife's relationship with your husband, does that reflect Christ's relationship with us? Because that's what this whole thing is about. While Paul's saying, if you're going to be a, a spirit-filled Christian, this is what you should do. Husbands or wives, submit. Husbands, love. But all, in all of this, behind this, is this mystery that this is a revelation, a picture of Christ's relationship with the church. As Christ heads the church, and we all agree that he does, and he deserves to be submitted to. We have that same relationship in our homes. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, I thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace, and all that you do, Lord. I'm thankful for the, the marriages that are represented here in our church. And God, I thank you that uh, for the for what those marriages represent. Lord, that you loved us so much that you gave yourself for us. God, I pray that you'd help us to represent uh, your love uh, as, uh, or recreate your love or, or follow its example, Father, as we love our wives. Lord, that we might have homes that point others to Christ. I thank you, Father, for all that you've done. We ask that you would Uh, Just help us to examine uh, how we treat one another, how we respond to one another. Lord, may may we do do that as we as we uh, look at the scriptures, Father.
may it have its may it have its effect in our lives. We ask this, these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen.